PFL is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Tennessee, of course, headed to a bowl game for the first time since 2016, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you want to be there to see it. Well, if you're going to do that, game time is the best place to make that happen. Of course, if you're going to be around Knoxville too, Christmas events, concerts, music and theater, all that stuff, game time has that too. The app is simple, quick, easy to navigate, and easy two-tap checkout. Download the game time app in the Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Joe, I had my uh, 1099s ready, my W-2s, all those things. I hope Tennessee fans did as well. For most of the last month, and then suddenly it looked like the, the winds of change had picked up, and it looked like Tennessee was headed to Nashville for the Music City Bowl. And then sure enough, as the unpredictable pool of six is uh, capable of doing at any moment, those winds of chains blew one more time, and they're back in Jacksonville, Tennessee, headed to the Gator Bowl. I wrote a little bit about sort of what uh, fueled those winds of change a little bit. Uh, Joe, what did you make of the uh, Tennessee unpredictable uh, bowl? We'll call it a carousel, I suppose. That's a good word for it. Uh, of the last 48 hours. Bowl of cell. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, okay. We'll go with that. Yeah, really interesting. Well, let me tell you from my perspective. I usually have a goofy story from an NFL press box, and uh, here's another one. So I was at the Black Hole, Oakland Coliseum. My first time I'd ever been there. I'd been to Oracle Arena across the street, but never been to Oakland Alameda Coliseum. And I saw Brett McMurphy, you know, uh, reported that it was Tennessee uh, uh, Louisville in the Music City Bowl, and there was a lot of reaction. I think over, again, I'm kind of bouncing around through the pest box. You know, you look at Twitter, you're checking your fantasy team. I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on, you know, a lot going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, and I, so I was like, well, you know, I, just, I fired off a tweet, and it was just like, you know, a reaction to it, like, oh, this will be good for, you know, it'll be good for close to home, good for fans. Maybe not, maybe not what the players would want, you know. But whatever, you know. And immediately, I got texts and DMs coming at me like, "You better delete that." I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I like explained deleting it. I'm like, apparently, there's stuff going on. So I'm just going to let you all figure it out. And uh, of course, it turns out this way. I thought your story was was interesting. I mean, because I've, you know. There's some, I guess, differing uh, accounts out there about like how it went about, but certainly this was Tennessee uh, driven. Whether Gator Bowl, you know, of course they're going to say they were our first choice. Everybody will always say every team they got was their first choice, uh, but this was Tennessee driven, is my understanding. And it's interesting. I mean, I guess, I mean, you you did the reporting, David. You were the story. When I read your story, I come up with there were some people that were unhappy about Nashville. And thought the prestige of this, and you and you broke it down well, 
which I think, and I think that's a one key point to make here is the, uh, you know, the time slot on TV, uh, prime time alone versus non-holiday weekday, not alone. There's a pretty significant difference there. Yeah, and there's always going to be different perspectives, but I, I can tell you that you know the Gator Bowl wanted Tennessee. I mean, you basically had Alabama locked into the Citrus once. Um, you know, once Georgia did not win, uh, and and the SEC's uh, you know New Year's Six situation was more clear. Um, Auburn was pretty locked into the Outback, and then those bowls behind it, that sort of pool of six, is is kind of a free for all. Uh, but the Gator Bowl legitimately did want Tennessee. They were number one on their list. Tennessee obviously travels well. I mean, Tennessee, you know, Phil Fulmer said it yesterday, you know, the Gator Bowl got the hottest team in that group, and I think that's true. There's so, I mean, if, if you know, Auburn is not excited about the Outback Bowl. Alabama fans are not excited about the Citrus Bowl. But Tennessee, they're riding a five-game winning streak, six of the last seven. They haven't been to a bowl since 2016. Even of that group, I mean, Tennessee is is going to bring, um, you know, a lot of excitement and a lot of fans. So it's obvious that they, they were very attractive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the Gator Bowl did want Tennessee. Tennessee expressed to them that they, they would prefer the Music City Bowl. And there was some pushback. I... I the reasons for pushback depended on who was pushing back, but there was some from alums. Uh, I think current players had really bought into the idea that um, they were going to go to Florida, and then all of a sudden that was not going to be the case. But I think from the coaching staff's perspective, I think there was probably a recruiting element of spending a week in Nashville. Uh, um, and so maybe that's a little bit lessened by going to Florida. There's a lot of moving pieces, uh, and I kind of intentionally left it a little bit open-ended. Basically, Tennessee's desires changed, and that's what I wrote. Is, and it was sort of Tennessee-driven. You know, I I, uh, uh, I don't think Tennessee needs any any pats on the back or stroking of egos. But like I said before, Tennessee was really attractive in this process for a lot of really obvious reasons. Um, and so when you have that, and then you combine that with they did uh, have you know, bragging rights over Mississippi State and Kentucky via wins earlier in the season. So basically the SEC does technically say you're going where, but they do listen to the schools. And so Tennessee, because of that attractiveness to the Bulls and to their situation, and because when you have beaten the other teams in that pool, you've sort of won the right to decide where you want to go. It is not the best uh, outcome for the Music City Bowl. Um, not the cleanest process, no matter what the uh, the Gator Bowl would like would like to tell you. It was just normal, Joe. Everything was normal. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately, I think Tennessee ended up in a, in a pretty good spot here. I think fans are going to be a lot more excited with uh, Florida and Nashville. Then Nashville, I mean, there's the prestige. Even if it doesn't mean anything, it's January. You're in Florida. Even if the Music City payout is larger, like you said, the TV aspect of it, there's just a lot of things that go into this being the, a, a better move for Tennessee. And, you know, they both would have been fine. I don't think it would have been a, the biggest deal. Um, but Tennessee headed to Jacksonville after a, uh, a fascinating bowl. This is sort of my first go around of experiencing this uh, pool of six situation. Um but just, man, there are no rules in, in bowl selection. <laughs> All's fair in love and war in bowl selection. It is it is a wild situation. Yeah, well, and look, of course, the, this Tennessee should have been the Gators' number one choice. Like you said, you know, the, the fan base, the travel. But also, when you have a drought, you know, that, that makes people even hungrier to 
to travel for a bowl game. You know, I do think for fans, there are a lot of fans, of course, in Nashville who um, were, you know, this would have been very easy for. I covered Tennessee against Nebraska in the Music City Bowl the last time they played the Music City Bowl. It was a fantastic day, atmosphere. The stadium was packed. It was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was mostly orange. There actually was some red in that stadium, but... <clears throat> Um, you know, it, it was it was good. It was good for fans. I feel bad for any fans who purchased immediately, based on yes. Twitter. My understanding uh, is that, that was stinks. my understanding is that was not a not an insignificant number of folks that did that. Yeah, that's that's really too bad. And you know, again, like I don't. Uh, I mean, it was what. This is an interesting situation because, you know, the reporter in question here who started this. It's not like he was the only one either. I mean, there was a lot of rumbling of this. But I mean, I, you know, I, I think that like it's one of those things where like I'm sure that the source was good. It's just that no one thought that there would be a change at that point, and then Tennessee changed, and that's what's interesting too. I'd love to find out like why at that point, like what happened, you know, on Sunday to prompt the late move uh, to you know to do this. But I think for the players, there's no question. This is. Uh, this is this is a better situation. I mean, players are excited about getting a chance to get on a plane and go south somewhere, you know. And uh, I don't know how the weather will be, but there's a chance that the weather will be at least decent, and maybe very good in Jacksonville during that week. So I mean, it, it's definitely more of a reward for them. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, and I think you know from a from a from a national perspective, when you're trying to piece together this really unpredictable bowl situation, uh, when you sort of know Saturday that this was a done deal, which I don't want to say it was a done deal because as we are sitting here talking about it, it was not a done deal, but it was pretty much in a it was. It was pretty looking pretty serious. Like it was, you know, they were moving toward sort of making plans. And so when you're trying to balance 30 some bowls, I think you can kind of put that one in your back pocket and say, okay, Louisville, Tennessee, and the Music City, okay. And then you're not really checking in as much. Um, it's a little bit different when you cover one team and, and there's only one bowl destination you got to worry about and things change quickly. Uh, and they did. <laughs> this was interesting. I got to say, this was. Uh, there's, you know, people always, you know, somebody always isn't happy about their bowl selection or, you know, there's always a little bit of, you know, intrigue. This is one of the more interesting um, bowl situations. And a funny story, actually, you know, I wrote that story yesterday and uh, my editor, the uh, the incomparable Matt Brown, uh, slacked me and said, hey, uh, we forgot one thing in your story. And I was like, oh, what's that? He's like, uh, who Tennessee is playing? <laughs> <laughs> did not did not mention Indiana one second uh, because it was not that interesting yesterday. Um, but the the bowl uh, selection process far more interesting. Uh, I do want to talk about Indiana a little bit, Joe. Um, the old candy stripe uh, situation. I hope they wear the candy stripe chrome helmets. Those are some of the best helmets in college football. Uh, I'll be honest; Those I have not nice. watched much. Yeah, I, I have not watched much of Indiana this year. But I was looking at, at some numbers yesterday, and uh, these look like, you know, in some ways, somewhat opposite teams. Uh, Indiana 50th nationally in offensive uh, yards per play, uh, 37th in defensive yards per play. Uh, Tennessee, 26th in defensive yards per play, 69th in offensive yards per play. However, when you look at pace, 
Uh, Indiana has run 875 plays this year. That's 39th most. Tennessee, 752, 126th most in college football. So only, what, three or four teams have run fewer plays on offense than Tennessee this year. Pace, obviously wildly different, two contrasting styles. I think that's that's part of the fun um, of, of these bowl games. What are your sort of – what's your sort of early feel uh, for this? A, a pick em in Vegas. I think the over-under is uh, 51 or 53. Uh, what, did you, what did you make of, of sort of the matchup itself? Yeah, well, I've watched a fair amount of Indiana this year, and uh, it, it's a fun team. Now, it's it was more fun, Michael Penix Jr., when he was playing. He is a special player. Uh, Tennessee fans know him. He was a previous Tennessee commit. Um, he is a really, really good player. Good note. He is, he's a really good player. He is a um, – I think he's a pro. He's also out for the season. Now, Peyton Ramsey is – is a good quarterback. They're still, um, they're still, you know, productive with him. They have terrific receivers. I mean, th- this is, you know, good skill. And, and and you know, they're better defensively. What used to be with Indiana, you mentioned pace, David. I mean, when Kevin Wilson was there, their pace was absolutely off the charts. I mean, they ran that fastball stuff as well as anyone, I think. Um, you know, and, and and that that is, it's not quite that anymore. I really think Tom Allen's an excellent coach. He's done a heck of a job at Indiana. And I think this game, you're right, it's it's a contrast, and I think a lot of this is Tennessee running the football to keep that Indiana offense off the field because Indiana is going to move the ball, certainly between the 20s, throwing the ball. I think Indiana is going to score points in this game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. But Tennessee, you know, one, one thing that it gets me upset when I hear this, the idea that time of possession is a, is a relic, is an irrelevant stat. It's not an irrelevant stat for everyone. It's a relevant stat for some teams and, and in some matchups. In this matchup, I think time of possession is definitely a relevant stat for Tennessee. Um, keeping the ball, running the ball, keeping them off field, and then you know finishing with touchdowns. It's you know just like a lot of football games. Red zone defense on both sides is going to be important. I think they're both going to move between the twenties with relative ease, uh, but I think it's going to be a fun one to watch and, and pick them sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at just the scores of games that they've played this year, 40, 31, uh, 34, 28, 38, 31, 34, 27, 44, 41. I guess Tennessee is not playing those games this year. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee is not playing <laughs> games with, uh, with 85 point totals. I think you're right. I think I, I think I would disagree with you on time of possession and I would say it comes down. Uh, more don't to, do it, David. To, don't do it. David. Total plays, total plays, total plays. I think, um, you know, it, it, spending so much time in the big 12 and talking to so many of the defensive coordinators, well, they don't so care about get it. Into it. Well, that's the thing. I'm not going to get into defense. I'm not going to get into the Big 12 defense conversation. But ultimately, I think fans are getting smarter and recognizing more of these things. But people want to just look at the raw numbers. And Big 12 defenses are facing 112, 115 plays sometimes. Whereas, you know, a lot of other teams in the SEC, the Big 10, are facing 70 to 75 plays a game. You're basically playing a game and a half. Um, compared to it, it's just a different pace of a game. And so if Tennessee can limit that, I mean, 875 plays over the course of 12 games, 
I'm not a mathematician, Joe. I can't do that in my head. Uh, but if you can keep if you can keep Indiana under their average of, of how many plays they're used to running, you got to feel pretty good about your chances. Uh, I, I well, think that's fine. Right. We can call it possession is. then. We can call yeah, it it's possession. Sort of the same. It's, it's like rebounding margin. We're talking about margin. the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like We're rebounding margin, which – like there are flawed stats, and there are there are ways to look deeper into them. Like rebounding margin, you know, there's rebounding percentage is a better stat, but rebounding margin isn't mm-hmm. totally irrelevant. You know, like coaches yeah. cite mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, it means yeah, you know, it's it's similar. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, if you're running a ton of plays, you're not taking time off the clock. I think though for Tennessee, the, the clock time will still be indicative of. Uh, them doing, you know, what they want to do, which is possessing the ball, you know, and moving the chains um, and running it, you know, because I think they are going to run it a lot, and I think they will run it with success in this game too. Hey, Joe, hang on for one minute. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, or maybe you're home and your sweatpants are on for the day, but if you listen to this podcast, you know you got to aim higher than microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Well, enter DoorDash, restaurant-quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city, and ordering so easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. Branch out. You know that Joe and I would be proud of you. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. The best news, right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code PFL. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code PFL. Don't forget, that's promo code PFL for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Now, back to the show. I, I really am excited to see. I, this is the best thing about bowl season is those contrasting styles, and I think it does come down to who does control that. I, I think you know if Tennessee falls behind early, Indiana is going to keep their foot on the gas. And Tennessee is probably not going to be that comfortable turning up the pace. I think it'll be depend a lot on how Indiana plays them defensively. You know, I don't know enough about Indiana's defensive schemes at the moment to have a, a, a educated guess on what they'll throw at Tennessee. Um, but, you know, if Indiana falls behind early, I mean, Tennessee really does feast when offenses become one-dimensional. That's where Jeremy Pruitt's defensive scheme really shines. And I've seen fast-paced offenses – you know, when they get behind against an, an, a team that wants to slow it down and grind you, they get a little pressured. They do weird things. Guys start missing throws. Uh, when, when they play teams that, that don't want to play like them and they start to feel like every possession, the sort of the game hangs on it. So so we'll see. It, it's going to be a good matchup. I, I know Tennessee fans would like to see a bigger brand, I suppose, but this will be a, a fun game. What what do you make of the, the that brand conversation when you show up in Florida and it's it's not Michigan, it's Indiana, but those two teams are, you know, not uh, gigantically different. I mean, Michigan beat them head to head, of course, but 
you know, it's it's uh, how, how much do you care about the brand in in the bowl? I think it, it matters, but but it's still going to be a fun game. Yeah, well, I'm look, it'd probably it'd be more exciting, for, you know, I think for Tennessee and Tennessee fans to play like a Michigan, a Penn State, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't you know I I I've, I don't think it would go well for Tennessee against Michigan. I know we just watched Michigan lose by thirty to Ohio State, but. Now, of course, I don't think it will go well for Michigan against Alabama on the other end of that either, by the way. But, uh, no, I, I think it's – the brand name thing is is one aspect, but I also think style of football is, is, some, is something that's really important in these games. And I think people can get behind this game. I mean, this is uh, – you know, very few Indiana football teams win eight games. You know, so when you when you catch the team in that in that special magical season too, there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we saw something. Uh, you know, uh, Kentucky Penn State last year. I think is a similar. You know, right. Penn State obviously a much bigger brand, but Kentucky had a really special year, and and uh, and then they were able to to kind of make a difference in that game. I have not been to Jacksonville before. Uh, Joe, this will be my first trip. I uh, I tweeted about this yesterday, but I was saddened to learn that Pontevedra Beach. I'm not, you know, I don't know the Florida geography super well, uh, but I learned that Pontevedra Beach and TPC Sawgrass were uh, very nearby. And I looked up tea times for the week, and uh, it was between six hundred to seven hundred and twenty dollars. So I think I'll be punting on that. But uh, what what do, what, do, what do fans making their way down there need to know about about Nashville? You can't you can't get that expensed. The athletic is doing well precisely because we don't expense six hundred dollar <laughs> golf outings. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop Fair. Adam and Alex That's, a line. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's worth a shot, man. Yeah, Jacksonville is. I do. I go to Jacksonville um, every year. You know, to, for because of course the Titans play the Jaguars every year down there. I always stay on Jacksonville Beach. In fact, I've had a room on Jacksonville Beach booked for several weeks for this bowl game now, which Look of course, uh, yeah. Oh, I always do that. Now, you know, it would have been canceled for free uh, as of yesterday. If the, <laughs> I was actually about to hit the button, as a matter of fact, glad I got preoccupied. But um, Jacksonville Beach is is. <laughs> Is fun. It's a it's a good place. I've eaten a lot of good seafood there. Um, you know, there's a string of hotels. You know, it's a nice little area, of course. I mean, it's it's your your typical uh, little beach area with a lot of stuff, a lot of restaurants and bars along the beach. Uh, downtown Jacksonville, I can't tell you. I know a ton about it. It's basically been driving from Jacksonville Beach into you know the stadium for the games. So I don't know Jacksonville proper very well uh i would advise you know it's it's i don't want to give bad advice i'll tell you you can't be wrong at jacksonville beach and it's not a far drive it's about a you know about a 20 minute drive probably to the stadium uh with traffic i probably if traffic's good it's probably more like 15. uh so that is an option uh, to look at jacksonville beach but i you know it may be better to stay closer to the festivities uh, for fans. So um, downtown seems good, seems fun. I just, I haven't spent a ton of time there. It's usually beach, go back out, then back out to the beach. Mm-hmm. I've been told- and no golf for me, David, because I'm terrible at golf. Sorry. <laughs> just want to let you know that. I'm awful at golf, so. I, I am I am not awful at golf, but I don't get to play as much as I used to, unfortunately. Uh, but the, uh, I've been told Caps on the Water is a good spot. Am I am I off base? Have you eaten there? 
I have not. I don't. Th- See, I'm really bad sometimes with names. Caps on the water. I don't <laughs> think. Like if I if I have, it's like, oh yeah, you did. But I don't. I'm, that does not sound familiar. Cap, but I'm, thank you. See, you're giving me the advice here. There you that's, go. That's a good one to keep. Well, I listen. At this point, at this point, the brand is strong, and so anytime Tennessee is going somewhere, like. I, if I tweet about it, I immediately get Tennessee fans giving me food wrecks, but people that have been there. And so this is this is one of the great uh, sort of self-fulfilling uh, prophecies of this podcast and a very functional show at this point. Uh, but, you know, I think it's um, – I, I just like going to new places. I mean, that was one of the things that was really attractive about this job for me is – you know, the last two years, I've gotten to go to a lot of new places. It's been a lot of fun. I hadn't been to a game at the Swamp. I hadn't been to a game at Alabama. I hadn't been to a game at, uh, where'd they go last year? Georgia. A lot of these places were new, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and Jacksonville, again, I've never been there before. And so we will uh, see what that is uh, What that is all about. Um, later this week, we'll, we'll talk more about um, basketball. I, I will be... Dipping my toe into the basketball waters quite a bit this week, actually. What do you make of uh, Saturday? Uh, I think we're gonna have a pretty special atmosphere in uh, in Thompson Bowling. Memphis coming to town. Penny Hardaway, uh, one of the great Twitter uh, handles of, of all time. I am one cent. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you make of this of this uh, of this matchup and this game and and the the many many storylines coming into this ball game? Yeah, well, it's it's going to be, I think, because of all that outside stuff, it would have been a good atmosphere anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tennessee fans are packing that place regularly now. You know, that, Credit to Rick Barnes for creating that. But I think because of what happened last year between these teams and then between these coaches, and more specifically from Hardaway to Barnes a couple days later with some of the stuff he said, uh, I think there's it's going to be, I think it's going to be like, like, Tennessee's playing the greatest Kentucky team ever, or something like yeah. that. You know, I mean, it's how going many to be... Arthur how many Arthur Fist memes are we going to get in the uh, in the students? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's going to be some. It's going to be intense, and between you know between the teams, it's obviously James Wiseman is not uh, not going to be playing. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess fortunately for the balls, I think with Wiseman, I still think this Memphis team has has potential to really do something in March, like go deep, deep. I really think that the talent is there. You know, Tennessee does not have that level of talent. I think these teams are are, are certainly closer without Wiseman. I mean, Wiseman it would have exploited exactly where Tennessee is uh, is thin right now, you know, in that yep, front that court. Size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's it's a more even game, and I, I think it will be a really, really good game, and it'll be an intense game, and you know that'll transfer to the players, too. I mean, I think it'll, the chances for some chippiness, I think, are high, and, and it's great, and then next year, these teams come to Nashville, and I really hope that cooler heads prevail at some point, and, and these teams continue to play, because it's good for everyone. Joe, I have a sense that Many of us on the website will be writing about that very thing. <laughs> you say you said that, and I was I like, you know, feel what? that that's, way too. That's, that's a great story idea. We should write about that. That's a great <laughs> idea. Hey, how about that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this uh, will be an interesting game. It'll be an interesting week. Uh, the athletic, of course, will be there for that game. They'll be there for bowl practices. We got you covered. 
Uh, it's going to be a, a interesting last month of the year. Uh, Joe, any parting shots? Anything that we did? Oh, oh, Joe, we do. We forgot Uh-oh. to talk about Tennessee's best friend. We cannot let this. We cannot let this list go again. So it has somewhat been swallowed up. Things happen. Oh. Time passes. Time passes. But uh, Joe, let me uh, let me read a, a quote for you, uh, and and tell me. I think uh, I know what you're doing here. Tell me, tell me, tell me what what you thought of this. Um, let's see here. So Greg Schiano, new head coach at Rutgers, and also the old head coach at Rutgers, one in the same. You know, he was asked about uh, Tennessee and and their people compared to. Uh, New Jersey people. I wasn't at the press conference. I don't cover Rutgers football. Uh, so, I, w- I, you know, some of the context perhaps were missing. However, he was asked about it, and he said, Joe, and I quote, I think reflecting on it just shows New Jersey people are a little sharper. They get it, Joe. Um, in the journalism business, Generally, generally painting with broad brushes is is frowned upon. Uh, I think in humanity, about- it's kind of a bad idea. <laughs> it is. How do you how do you feel about uh, reflecting on the IQ levels of one state compared to another state in in general? How does that strike? Well, you? I was, yeah, not a fan, not a fan of yeah, really any group of people and broad brushing anything about them. Uh, you know. And some of that happened, by the way, back back when all the Shiano stuff happened in Knoxville. I did appreciate Vol Twitter coming right out with like memes from the Jersey Shore, you know, in response <laughs> to that. I think I missed some of those. I was, the day that happened, the situation was, and all them. Yeah. I, I was doing something. I forgot. I, I wasn't beating up the beat like I guess Vol Twitter was, but the. Uh, uh, I, I I missed some of those Jersey Shore memes, but I, I, I respect them. <laughs> that was pretty good. I mean, that, to me, that was like an immediate response. Like, eh, some of us are pretty smart. Just telling you. Yeah, you know, look, it's it's you knew that the question was going to be asked, and I figured Chiano would say something. Look, uh, whatever, however you want to look back at that thing, um, I do think that everything about Greg Chiano was going to come up uh, with any job. I think that. It was a it was a bit malicious from some people and a bit exaggerated, uh, and, and you know some people s- believe that it really hurt him. I I, I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth on that because it's like, well, all this stuff is going to come up, right? The stuff at Penn State and everything. Um, did it hurt him? I mean, it's not like this is this was information that was discovered by Vols fans at the time. It was just the way they reacted. So. Uh, obviously, it, he lost that job. I, I don't know that I buy that this left, you know, damaged him moving forward. Again, these were, you know, this is all stuff people knew. And frankly, his time at Tampa Bay in the NFL was a disaster and really brought into question how he treats people, how he coaches, all that stuff. I mean, that's they got, they're that's still the scrubbing un- the showers down there. I gotta say, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's like the under, you know, discussed part of this whole thing with Shiano. So I knew he'd take a shot. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it, I, I'm still, I'm not impressed that he went there when he, that he went, you know, regional intelligence on it. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is like, listen, if you have something to say, like talk about it in depth. So. A little look behind the curtain. I've I have spoken with Greg Schiano recently. 
he did not want to talk about the Tennessee stuff. Um, and he just didn't want to talk to us. That was fine. He was very polite about it. But I would like to talk to him in depth about what he really thinks about it. I think it's frustrating when you don't want to talk about what you sort of actually think about things and what you actually and, – and flesh out some of these ideas and say, you know, I didn't agree with this and this is why. Or that. And instead you do want to take sort of a drive-by shot at just like the intelligence level or like – it's just kind of – if you have something to say, say it. Like we've given him opportunities to say it, and I wish that I wish that he would. But you know, yeah, like something, yeah, like something like heartfelt and honest. Like man, yes, that really exactly. hurt me, and I didn't appreciate. It. Instead, he, yeah, instead he takes a little shot. So I wasn't impressed. Yeah. Uh, all in all, uh, it's been an interesting month of Tennessee football, and uh, just like the month before that, and the month before that, and the what fifty something months before that, <laughs> never, never a quiet moment around Knoxville. So I'm sure that bowl practice and the bowl week will will, will uh, uh, have plenty uh, awaiting us. So that will do it for this week's episode. Joe, we did not forget to talk about Greg Schiano. Finally, I'm happy we got to talk about Schiano. <laughs> That's good because I was just gonna humble. Br- I'm Go sorry, ahead. I was just going to brag brag about my In-N-Out burger I got out here in California, but Shiano was a much better way to end it. Well, I'm jealous of you. I, the In-N-Out came to Dallas uh, near the end of my time there, and it is uh, one of my favorite burgers, so I am jealous of you. But uh, We'll have to debate sure that I'll... against Whataburger someday because that <laughs> exactly. one really gets me fired up. I will. Uh, we'll have to have some. I'm plenty of plenty of Jacksonville food logs. Uh, we have to have. A, we have to carve out an entire show for that. Uh, I don't have any doubts about that. But uh, once again, Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to all of you guys. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe to it. Rate us. Uh, for the, I think we have we have one three star rating, and the rest of them are five stars. The three star guy, I will find you. We will have you on the podcast, and we will get you to rescind that that review. Uh, but thank, leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, everything you guys do. Uh, it really helps the show. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys again very, very soon. Mm-hmm.